0: What is going on everybody welcome back to another episode of Quick Time the podcast uh we're back with the usual gang Jason and Brad man how's your week been
1: uh, it's been a long one but man you can't beat this weather beautiful fall days even though it's supposedly summer yeah it's been uh, you'll they, have really enjoyed the weather
2: it's going to be a great close out to the season so i'm pretty excited for
0: that
1: and that's really sad that we're talking close out to the season already yeah
0: it's it's been a hell of a ride i mean two. 2020 whatever the fucking year it is who, who knows it's, it's been one of those strange years man as it doesn't even seem like we, we should be closing out the season right now
2: i literally got up today not knowing what day it was i had to go upstairs <laughs> i had to go like find my phone and look and see what day it was it's just, it's just
0: all become a blur now it's groundhog day every day yeah
1: for the as big of a mess as this year has been, it's it's pretty impressive the number of races that we have been able to get in in the state of Nebraska and then just across the country. It's 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 pretty impressive that everybody are finding ways to to get to the racetrack and put on races.
0: Speaking of uh, big races in the state of Nebraska, we saw the greatest show on dirt: the World of Outlaws making an appearance at IED on Sunday evening. Uh, a little lackluster feature, but uh, to a point, it was. It, I mean, it was great to have them back in town. I mean. So you you can't beat the feature the the previous night over at US 36 (laughs) with uh, Sheldon making that last lap pass. You
2: know, and it it looked like right to the end that Brad Sweet had it covered. And then sure enough, you know, just wrong place, wrong time. There was Sheldon and boom, got him. Was it really
0: Sheldon or did Kyle Larson jump in that car for a quick bit? Yeah,
1: (laughs) I tell you, people that bash race car drivers, even if it's the worst guy on the track, I – what sheldon did how he had the guts and the balls to do that Uh, it looked like he made a little bit of contact with i think it was tim kating at the at the flag stand to to decide that it's winner to wear it and he just he went he'd come out of four and just put her against the wall and it's impressive that those guys can do that on a regular basis and and Probably not even his heart rate didn't even jump from it. It just it was just natural, and that I'm really impressed with it. But uh, that I80 race was a great show, it was a good show, a great crowd, uh, good car count. It, it was, uh, I, I was really happy for the Kaziski's and the Outlaws that put on such a great show on a Sunday night.
0: I forgot how badass 410s are. Oh, qualifying alone is, is like I'm, I mentioned with the midgets over at Fairbury, qualifying alone is worth the price of admission. Yeah, it's it's an
2: it is, and especially you know, you're fortunate if you're ever down in the infield, ever down the pits at I-80. It is just an incredible rush when you stand there and come, especially you can stand down the, by that guardrail and they come out of three and four, and four and just hit it, and it's it's
0: next level. It's funny you mentioned that because during the feature they were right on the bottom, and uh, Joe, uh, myself, and Tim Elwin, we were down in, in turn one, right against the guardrail. Rail, and there was uh, three sport compact drivers, or I don't know if they were drivers, but they were there. Was they were with the sport compacts, and they're right on that rail, and they're like, "Holy shit!" And you know, us photographers are leaning over the rail a little bit. They're like, "How are you doing that?" And I was like, "They're a good twelve inches away." Yeah,
1: yeah it's it's amazing how they run that i eighty raceway i speed eighty speedway. I've been there several times, shooting photos and so forth. And when man, they hug that inside guardrail, and you can you can see the eyes of the driver when they come by you and it, it's, it, it just really gets your heart pumping. It's really cool. And if you have the chance to go in the infield and watch a race there, it's, it's, it's amazing that uh, what they're doing.
0: I mean, even if you're by the Jersey barriers, it's still a rush
1: for sure.
2: Oh yeah. It, I, I love it there. I love standing there. I love standing up there on three while they're coming in off of the back stretch and you kind of stand up on that Hill in there. Yep. And it, it's, it's really just an incredible experience.
0: So with that being said, uh, Brad Sweet picked up, picked up the feature win. Um, I think we're going to have him on the podcast. I talked to him after that feature win, uh, asked him if he wanted to come on. He gave me his number and said sure. So we're going to try to get him on. Uh, we'll see what happens there. We've been big time before.
2: so. But we've got two other great guests on tonight.
0: Absolutely. Yep. yep. We are going to have Jason Martin, the defending uh, RaceSaber 305 national champion. Two-time winner. Yes, two-time winner. Two-time. Brad actually did some research on 305s this week, it sounds like.
1: <laughs> he won in 17 and 19, we'll so he's two out man. of the last three years.
0: <laughs> so we're going to have him on preview the uh, the race saver Nationals. That is this weekend at Eagle Raceway. Uh, we're going to be joined by the, uh, what do they call that class? The Pro, Pro sprint, sprint Class uh, Track Champion at Knoxville uh, Raceway, Matthew Stelzer, is going to join the program as well. So uh, no no uh, no short of uh, guys and guests on no, the No, it will uh, be a great episode.
1: Yep, sit down and strap in and uh, hold on because it's gonna it's gonna be a great show.
0: So we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna jump back and we're gonna have James rolling on and do our normal Eagle Raceway recap. They uh, crowned track champions this past week, and we saw that Adam Gillian finally got that monkey off his back and picked off the uh, track championship for his
2: last uh, full time season.
0: Yep. yep. So uh, stay tuned and we'll be right back. Now it's time for the Eagle Raceway Roundup with track announcer James Rowland. All right, welcome back, everybody. We have James Rowland on as our weekly guest uh, with the Eagle Raceway Roundup. James, we saw Eagle Raceway crown some track champions. We saw a three-time feature winner with Tyler Drukie picking up the win. Adam Gillian knocked off that track championship. Uh, Big weekend coming ahead. So uh, what's it looking like at the racetrack right now?
3: I'm out at the racetrack right now. All I know is those guys have been busting their ass all week long. They started hanging up banners last weekend. Um, I actually got a snap from Roger earlier. The trash man came by and they let the trash truck take a couple laps around there and it really looks like he's been putting a lot of work into the track. So I don't know. I'll be out there tomorrow sometime around noon just to kind of look stuff over and get camp set up and Man, I think we're in for one hell of a weekend. I think at last count, I counted 118 pre-registered. So we should be in for a huge good time this weekend.
0: Now, the real question is, was it the trash man or was that Dr. Danger?
3: No, Shaking it was not laps. Dr. Danger. It was the <laughs> real refuse company, guys. And it looked like they were having a fucking ball.
2: Because last time I saw a, tra- a trash truck drive around Eagle Raceway, he jumped, what, a school bus or something like that with it? Yeah, something you know, like that. You I wasn't there, so. <laughs> there
3: that night. But didn't the didn't the driver of that get busted up?
2: Yeah, pretty bad. He, uh, I think he was head to the uh, rest area and found out. I think he had like internal bleeding or something like that.
0: Holy
3: crap! Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely missed that one. I can't remember where I was, but I was racing somewhere that night.
0: Only at Eagle Raceway, folks. <laughs>
3: That's right. Yeah. So wonder- well, I'm kind of shifting back to Saturday night. I mean, you mentioned it, Tyler Drookie, the one, the only three-time feature winner out here. But, I mean, he was on the top ten win list a couple weeks ago for all of sprint car racing. So definitely no surprise there to see Drookie get around him. He started 11th, drove it all the way up to 1st, um, up until about eight laps to go with a late race caution. I think myself and everybody included thought Toby Chapman in his own house ran seven car was really going to do it. But once the green flag came back out after that final restart, Grookie just found a quick way around him and he was gone like a freight train from there.
0: Yeah, after, after the checkers came out and I, I, I honestly, I had no idea who won the race. I, I looked up the scoreboard because I, I thought it was Toby. And I looked up the scoreboard yeah. and saw, saw the 12 sitting on top. And I looked at Kate and I go, when, when did Grookie pass Toby? Because I thought it was Toby's race,
3: you know, all along. Yeah, Toby was flat out gone. If it wouldn't have been for that caution, he'd have been halfway back to Lincoln before the rest of the field completed the lap.
2: That's
3: nuts. Yeah, Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, third um, went to Brandon Horton. He's really been coming on strong and finding a lot of consistency out of the 1B these last couple weekends. But actually what was really, really impressive to me was Trevor Grossenbacher doing the get well soon kind of tribute to Stuart alley billy's dad and he wheeled that 22 35 from 17th up to fourth and then cody ledger they had some they'd just thrown a car together Um, even in hot laps they had to pull off a little bit early because something i i can't remember exactly don't hate me stan but i think it was something in the rear end just wasn't quite sitting where it needed to be so they had to make that adjustment and ran through the b from 18th all the way up to fifth so the top five Definitely were all there.
2: There was some drama in the point in the point championship. Uh, you can't tell us uh, what what went on there?
3: Um, I know Jason Danley was sitting second in points. Um, it was either twenty three, twenty four, maybe twenty six points out. Something like that. I think the only possible way that it would have happened. and I've heard a couple different things from a couple different people. I haven't exactly gone over the point sheets for the last couple weeks. But the way that I understood it is some people were upset that the announcement was made that Gullion won the championship as the feature was getting ready to start. To my understanding, if Jason could have brought home second, it would have tied them up, and then Jason, who has more wins on the year, would have been the tiebreaker. Now, again, don't quote me a hundred percent, but I I believe that's the way that it maybe might have could have gone down.
0: Yeah, my, my crude math was saying that if Jason would have finished second or won the feature, he would have been that would, would have been the points champion. So, but I'm no
3: mathematician. Yeah, totally missing the feature, and you know, even what a B feature that was. Watching him and Nate Weiler pull sliders on each other it, it was really good to see nate run so well against somebody that's so fast out there week in and week out with gullian because i mean that dude's quick everywhere he goes
0: yeah definitely definitely so i mean adam knocked off that track champion that's been one of his goals this uh for the past couple of years so it's, it's awesome to see him knock that yeah. off but we we got a big uh the largest sprint car race in the country coming up so uh what are you looking forward for this weekend
3: Man, I wish I could say that Wing Nation was finally going to come, but they keep punking out on us. It's like we don't even exist. But um, I, I'm looking forward to,
1: I can you understand.
3: know, <laughs> the on track and off track stuff. You know, I, I love the melon bar. I love hanging out with everybody afterwards and getting to meet all the drivers and crews that come in from everywhere. But I mean, we're in for four weeks of big racing. I'm sure we'll have some big flips, and everybody's going to be out there to have a good time. I think it's 115, 118 pre-registered, so in my mind, I'd like to see 105 roll through the gate and just get down to that final 27.
1: When does the fun begin out there? I know the first day is a lot of uh, just teching and so forth, but when does uh, all that stuff start up? Can you give us a little schedule?
3: I believe pre-tech is going to start Wednesday night and then Thursday morning. Thursday night's going to feature practice sessions till about 8.45. Then they're going to go through and farm the track and do the heat races for the Jake Ida Memorial Race of Champions. And that'll conclude it for Wednesday night. We are going to have, I believe there's a, I don't know if it's a DJ or a band on Thursday night, but we've got DJs and bands each night of the Race Saver Nationals brought to you by Sunbelt Rentals. But there's going to be something like that going on. The Melon Bar is going to be open after thursday friday saturday sunday it, it's going to be a big time and then friday we get into your heat races and qualifiers and to set those first nine rows on the inside i believe
0: yeah for sure so you mentioned the melon bar you got your grass skirt skirt ready to go for uh the post-race activities
3: um i i bought i think 36 pounds of beads so I'm going to try to bring a little bit of Oscar Loose to the Eagle Raceway with the beads.
0: Okay, that was Beads and not 36 pounds of weed, is that correct?
3: No, that is correct. <laughs> no, this is Nebraska, not Colorado. If you see, I mean, we won't get into my opinion on that, but this is Nebraska. That bald-headed guy over in the governor's mansion will never let that fly.
0: No, not at all. Okay, we're we're going to since we're we're running short on time here, we are going to make some picks here. So uh who do you have winning this thing?
3: Who do I have winning this thing? Man, that is such a tough call with so much good competition coming from here, there, and everywhere. You know, I really like my local guys just because that's who we're used to. But Kevin Ramey's always a big threat. If he's making the trip up this year, um, you know, I don't have the pre-registered list right in front of me. But I know guys like Joey Danley have really been wanting it for A long time and we've got so many regulars that have been to every one of these events and locked into the show every year but one so my real pick is just going to be a local guy i think trevor grossenbacher has really had the consistency throughout the year that he could definitely be a threat come the end you know everybody knows that Drookie can be a threat week in and week out i'm just pulling for the local guys um and if it wasn't somebody from nebraska I'd have to go for one of the Texas boys because I've got my own personal rivalry against the PA porch sitters. Those guys think their Beer Hill gang can outdrink the Eagle Raceway crowd, but none of them will come up there and try to beat us.
0: Yeah, there's only a few uh, PA guys
3: making the
1: trip Um, down. I've been to Beer Hill, and I'm on the Beer Hill side. (laughs) (laughs) Those guys know what's going on.
3: (laughs) All right, so they know how to party, too. It's not just the Eagle Raceway rowdies.
1: Yeah.
0: No,
3: I, for my, for my
0: pick, I am going to, I don't want to be a homer, but I am going to take, uh, the Lincoln nightmare, AKA Superman, Stu Snyder. I think he is
3: nightmare. I keep forgetting they called him. Yeah.
0: I have no idea where that came from. I'm going to ask him about it, but, uh, he's going to be Superman around here, but I'm taking Stu. He's stat wise. He's probably the winningest three Oh five driver in the, in the state right now. So, uh. He's definitely on oh, yeah. a role. He has seven or eight, maybe even nine feature victories right now. So uh, I'm taking Stu. Actually, yeah, Stu Snyder has seven feature wins.
3: Championship.
0: Has that been seven updated since he win knocked win off that? Uh, yeah, has that been updated since uh, he knocked off that US 36 win? Actually, it's been updated as of this morning, uh, and Stu Snyder has seven wins on the year. Then he must be cheating on his uh, feature win decals on his tail tank because we just had the car in the shop, and there's nine of those bad boys on there. Yeah,
3: I, don't awesome. know. I wonder where the ninth one
0: came <laughs> from. I wonder
1: where the eighth one came from. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, my, my local is going to be Tyler Druke. He's got nine wins on the year. He's always fast. He only has three miles to go to get to the racetrack. Um, my f- local is Tyler Druke. He just seems like he's, he's the – I think he's kind of leading the national points, isn't he? Yes. yes. sir. Yes, he, yes, is. he is. Yes, So, and then my my out of towner is going to be uh, probably Jake Bubak if uh, if they show up. Uh, I know they recently lost the wife of the car owner, so it'll be interesting to see if they show up. But uh, Jake Bubak's always a, a favorite. I,
3: I think, know that'd be a huge win for him. And I think uh, I'm going to go
2: with my local pick. I'm going to go. Uh, I guess maybe a dark horse, but that might be you know not fair because he's had a great season this year. But I'm going to go with Jason Danley.
3: Man, it'd be great to see Jason get it done. I know he loves getting up in victory lane and on the front stretch with us and just proving that the old guys can still do it. And, you know, when you think about old guys and sprint car drivers, that's really not that old.
1: I can't believe none of us picked Jason Martin. He's two out of the last three years, he's got several qualifying nights wins he i know he hasn't raced a lot this year uh, just for various reasons but uh he's raced mostly down in kansas
0: and yeah. did some 360 mm-hmm. stuff so I, I i mean i don't even think we've seen him seen him at eagle at all this year well, I
1: don't, the, the number that he has entered in for this race is not his five car it's like a is it the bulls car the 1b car yeah I the mean, 1b is craig bulls yes so it might be just I, I mean who knows what that's all about but uh we'll ask him because we have him coming on the program oh, later so, on tonight. yes sir
3: oh perfect well, we've got so much, you know. I don't want to call it drama because it's really not. But there's been an awful lot of suites of seat swapping going on. I saw that Matt Richards is going to be in that 11 car that Luke Cranston was in last year, and then Kate Higday was going to drive the 25 car, and then I believe he decided to run his own car. So Ryan Kitchen's going to be in the Gunner Pike 25.
0: Yeah, so. it's going to be definitely to see who all, all shows up. I mean, we there's there's a huge entry list, but uh. Entry your list are, uh, are a dime a dozen so it, it all depends on who actually rolls through that gate comes uh, Thursday.:
3: Exactly. I'm shooting for I'm shooting for about 105. That would be my oh, this is perfect number.
0: Sounds good. Well, I want to thank you for joining on with us. Uh, I, I will see you Thursday morning bright and early as we uh, knock off some uh, promo videos for the uh, pay-per-view broadcast. so uh, we'll see you Thursday.
3: All right, sounds good to me, brother. I'll have the coffee on you. Guys, have a good week, and we'll see you out there. You too. Right. Have a good one.
0: Have a good one, James. Yep. We'll talk to you later.
4: Bye.
0: All right, that's James Rowland with our weekly uh, Eagle Raceway roundup and just a kind of a little preview of the three hundred five Nationals. Like I said, we're going to preview that a little bit more as we get Jason Martin on here later on in the program. But it's going to be a hell of a week of uh, racing up there at Eagle Raceway.
2: It's a it's a great show, you know. I, I if you like just tons and tons and tons of sprint cars, you get into eight nine 10 11 heats it it is definitely something it's unprecedented it's it's quite its own event
1: you, you all know that i'm not the biggest 305 fan but i don't want to discredit the 305s in this this event uh um, i admire every one of them respect every one of those drivers that straps in and gets on that racetrack because they still put on a great show roger does a, a, a outstanding uh job at taking care of that that track and 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 they put on a good show so it's worth a worth the stop uh it's 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 a great was it four days right three days three or four friday saturday sunday Right, Friday, th- Friday, Saturday,
0: th- Sunday of racing, and uh, Thursday night of practice and heat race qualifiers so for the Jake Ida Memorial Race.
1: For for not a lot of money, if you guys can do that and get out there, it's it, go support that race because it's a, it is a great show. Like I said, I've been out there to the the nationals for the last three years. Um, it's it's a good good time and a good show. I mean,
0: hell, I believe a three day ticket package is only forty five bucks. So that's yeah. yeah, that's the price of your average rural outlaw ticket. Oh, so for sure.
2: Yep, three days of racing, and help them out. It's their biggest show of the year, so
0: the more the merrier. Yep, and with that said, we're going to take another break, and hopefully we'll be joined back uh, once we return with uh, Brad Sweet, the latest World Outlaw feature winner. Shoeheart and Sheldon Hart still nearly getting together into turn one. Brad Sweet out in front, down the back
5: straightaway. Sheldon to the inside of Shoeheart. Checkered flag will wave. The Big Cat wins an I-80. Carson Masito second. And Logan Schuhart third. And we have a tie at the top of the point standings.
2: Well, we'd like to welcome on to Quick Time the Podcast, the driver of the Case Kane Racing number 49, Napa Auto Parts sponsored, World Outlaws defending champion, the
0: Big Cat, Brad Sweet. Brad, how's it going, man? How you doing?
4: Yeah, good. Uh, thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, no problem. Uh, it's been a while since you knocked off a outlaw victory, but uh, it was good to see you uh, get that monkey off your back, so to speak, as you uh, picked up the win at ID on Sunday night.
4: Yeah, it's uh, it's been a tough year. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, to, to kind of have the trouble that we've had and still be, you know, battling for wins and, um, you know, the point lead is, is, you know, says a lot about our race team and, you know, how strong we started out the season. So, you know, hopefully we're back on track now. Uh, we were really close to winning, uh, you know, the, the two previous races before that got beat by... Uh, Kyle uh, Larson up there in North Dakota on last Sunday or Saturday night and then Sheldon snuck by me on the last corner um, you know Saturday over at, at uh, US 36 Raceway so it was nice you know to get that monkey off our back on on Sunday there at I-80 and a lot of fun we had a great race car and uh, a lot of good things to to build off of heading into, you know, some bigger races coming up so. Yeah, it was it, it was great for our team.
0: You mentioned uh, Kyle Larson there. Uh, has he done anything this year? I, I really haven't heard his name a whole lot in the past couple of weeks.
4: <laughs> yeah, he's uh he's having an incredible year. It's uh it's great to watch and be a part of, you know, someone that's uh doing, you know, so much. Racing against him is, you know, obviously elevated everybody else. It pushes us to to be better and um obviously we're looking forward to racing against him uh, at Houston this weekend.
1: Well, Brad, um, talking about the, I-80 Speedway, uh, the I eighty Speedway, the outlaws don't make it back to I eighty Speedway very often for various reasons. But uh, um, I think it's been f- two thousand six, two thousand sixteen since the, the last time, time you were yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did did it throw any curveballs to you or anything since the last time you were there? Or did did things go pretty well for you guys? I mean, obviously yeah. you won, but uh, <laughs> was there any anything that really kind of caught you by surprise?
4: uh no not really i mean i've, I've raced there so it helps i've raced there actually a few t- different times in non-wing and and wing you know in the outlaw car a couple times so um you know i know we know what to expect My crew chiefs raced there numerous times as well so we had some notes to go off of and uh you know it's just it's a good racetrack if they get it right you know it's a, it's wide and and racy it's a very wide track it's a little different than you know uh, some of the other ones that we go to but uh it, they had it really really good on um you know, Sunday there, I thought the racing was was excellent.
1: Paul McMahon was on last week, and he said that uh, his his uh, recollection of I eighty Speedway is it's a uh, it's a big track, but it races like a small track. Uh, does does that make uh, I don't know any sense to you? Does could, <laughs> do you know what he was saying there?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it looks really big, and you know, the gear wise, it's big, but uh, a lot of our setups are you know kind of more like a short track. So um, yeah, it's it definitely. Um, you know, it's it's unique in that aspect for sure.
2: You know, Brad, uh, you when know, we saw you at US36 just get nipped on the last lap and then up again, you know, North Dakota. And when they have you on camera, you still seem to have such a, you know, a pleasant demeanor. <laughs> you know, don't I know it's, it's burning inside of you a little bit, but how, you know, does that get to you? I mean, obviously, you know, it can be frustrating, but how do you handle those things? You know, you, you think you did everything right. You get beyond last lap, but. Is it just a case of, you know, you know that keep on going on and the next won't come as as happened this weekend? Or is it, you know, what, how do do you handle that?
4: Yeah. I mean, it's just, you keep things in perspective, you know, at the end of the day, it's just a race and, you know, it's just, we're entertaining the fans and obviously I'm making a living doing it, but, you know, I I just think there's a lot worse things in the world than, uh, you know, getting past on the last lap. At least we're we're fast. We're contending for wins. Um, You know, I know they're going to come. I think just over the course of you know, my career, you just build mental toughness, you know, uh, you understand that you can't let the the nights that things don't go exactly right, drag down, you know, the next night, you just got to move on and it is what it is. And, you know, as long as my family's happy and healthy and, you know, you just keep things like that in your mind and you try not to let the racing, you know, really dictate, you know, all of your, your feelings, you know, it's just a job, you go out, you do it, you do the best you possibly can. And, and then uh, you move on to the next one.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh with your with your uh feature win on Sunday, you you're back and tied with the points lead uh with Logan Schuhart. Um I was watching some old outlaw videos from like two thousand, two thousand one and they were they were talking about, you know, how close the points battles back then were and it was you know 45, 50 point difference. We're tied with fourteen races left. What's it what's it gonna take uh to uh knock off another championship?
4: Just consistency. I think each night's gonna be super important, you know, when you get down to the nitty gritty. You know, you just really have to be consistent. We've had four DNFs. Typically that would take you out of the points, but uh, everybody's had their, their fair share of trouble this year. And, uh, Logan's ran great. You know, obviously we were, we had a big point lead and, and kind of blew it. So I feel like we, we've been the best car. If we can just, you know, put together kind of, you know, the best, best 14 races we can. Um, you know, there should be no reason that we, you know, we can't, you know, have a really good shot at, at winning. So, you know, uh, all we can do is, Go out and, and do our best each and every night, and obviously, if we're winning races, then the points will take care of themselves.
1: brad I got a little different different question for you. This with with 2020 being a crazy year, and nothing is is planned out. Everything changes from from week to week, if not day to day. How hard has this schedule uh, been for you guys as a team to plan for the equipment that you need in the car? Um, hotel reservations. I mean, you gotta you gotta applaud the Outlaws for for going out of their way and and making putting this schedule together. I mean, even today there's a change in the schedule. So, ha- how stressful has that been for you and your team? Is is it just? A, I mean, you just go with the punches, or, or has there has this been a pretty difficult year for you as a team to plan the the logistics of of making it to a race?
4: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a little different, but you know, I mean, that's part of the Outlaw Tour is always traveling and you know moving you know night to night we you know typically are moving three to four hours down the road to the next one so you know we, we have a lot of adaptability and we we know you know how to get around and you know different hotels and you know we know all the different racetracks so um you know it's it's been definitely different i wouldn't say you know overly difficult we've actually had a lot more time off than we typically would so um you know the guys have been at the shop a lot uh when we have these weeks off I get to go home a lot the guys get to go back to the shop a lot so it's it's different but um you know i do applaud the outlaws for you know getting as much racing as in as we have you know salvaging a a 2020 season and you know here we are 14 16 races to go or whatever and we have a points battle and you know things that we didn't really think were going to happen so it's been a you know a, a down year but um you know we've been able to to make the best of it for sure
1: Eleven wins on the year is still pretty good.
4: <laughs> yeah, no, we've had a great season, and obviously, we just want to finish as strong as possible. And then, uh, you know, hopefully, twenty twenty one is just a you know much more normal year. We can get back to having the, the bigger races, and you know, obviously, uh, a schedule that's laid out where you know um, it's a lot more normal. So that's that's the goal, and hope that works out.
2: Well, with that in mind, what are future plans What are some big uh, accomplishments that you uh, maybe haven't hit yet are there big races that you're looking to take i mean i, I know kings royals probably up there are there other you know events uh, accomplishments you're looking to, to hit here in the next couple of years
4: well obviously just winning the, the big races every year obviously this year we didn't get to really run a knoxville nationals or kings royal so you know that's a little disappointing um but you know it is what it is and obviously moving forward um you know, we're in a great position with our race team, with our sponsorship and, and everything, we have everything in the right place to, you know, win these, win these big races and, uh, win these championships. So obviously you just want to capitalize when you're, you're in those situations. And, um, you know, that's the goal is, uh, to stay on top. You know, you, you win one championship, you don't want to, you know, you want to win another one and another one and another one. You want to, <laughs> you want to stay on top of that mountain. And, you know, obviously that's the goal every year.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, one thing, uh, obviously, we want to thank you for jumping on with us. But before we let you go, one thing we like to do here is tell stories. And one thing I've always been curious about is where did the nickname The Big
4: Cat come from? Yeah, I wish it was a, a more funny story because I get asked it a lot. But um, uh, my roommate in Indiana, uh, J.R. Todd, he's an NHRA drag racer. Uh, I was living with him, and, you know, we just were joking around, and, and uh, he started calling me The Big Cat just because we were watching a show uh, called fantasy factory with rob deardick and he was uh calling his cousin the big cat and uh, we just thought it was funny and so he co- started calling me that and then uh you know just slowly another friend caught on and another friend caught on and um you know i don't know where it really came from why why it it stuck with me but um you know it's turned out to be pretty cool a lot of the kids love it and you know it's a you never give yourself a nickname obviously so it's just kind of One that I got and one that I'm stuck with, but uh, I think it works.
0: Definitely. Well, you definitely uh, were the big cat as you uh, knocked off that feature win and uh, hopefully another championship with the Outlaws. We want to thank you for coming on, taking the time out of your day, for joining us. Uh, Congratulations on the win again. Hopefully we find you in Victor Lane here this weekend at Houston.
4: Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, guys. All right, thanks a lot, Brad. Thanks, Brad.
0: All right, that was Brad Sweet uh, joining us. Uh, didn't get big timed or anything like that, so uh, it's great to have a driver on that says he's going to be on. Uh, so yeah,
1: I no, <laughs> wish, wish little... we had a little bit more time. I'd like to ask him a about Housatons yeah, I... and what his expect. expect well, <laughs> he always win, expects, expects to win, him. but what uh, what does he know about Heusetts and and so forth? But.
2: Yeah, it's great watching him, you know, and I've, I've listened to some other interviews and in that. And I know he is, just doesn't seem, you know, he's ready to keep on climbing and, you know, more championships, you know, bigger wins. I know that uh, it's he's got a lot going on, and I know he's a very humble, you know, very uh, level-headed guy. I think that's what's uh, great to watch about him. He'll, he'll go out there, race hard, and then come back out and do it again and again and again and again. It just uh, it's, it's a lot of fun watching him run
1: it's been fun to watch his career progress yeah. I mean when he first came out he was just another one of those drivers that was there and nobody paid much attention to him and then pretty soon he started winning some races and now he's win now he's while well, he's a defending world of Allah champion and I see the same thing out of Logan Shukart. Uh five six years ago when he started this tour with the world of allies um nobody paid much attention to him and now he's one of the top five drivers out there and so it's kind of fun to watch these guys progress mature whatever you want to say and 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 turn their their career into a a pretty dominating um career i mean they're 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 always one of the favorites to win the race every every night they go out on that track
0: yeah definitely it's it's been great i mean i remember watching brad in in the wingless cars yeah uh rolling at iad with uh, the tnt or the sprint bandits uh Topless series oh yeah So it's been fun to watch him grow as a driver, and you know now he's now like you said he's a champion. So who's who's going to be the next guy that does that? Uh, You mentioned Logan a little bit. Um. So yeah.
2: Well, yeah, I like it because he's he seems to be he's he's the front of that next generation now. I you know we're seeing another generational shift in the Outlaws, and you know he's he's the front of that champion. I think. uh, yeah, you know, I was going to ask him, you know, and I know we just didn't have time for, it, but you know, does he feel like he's got a target on his back now? Is he, yeah. you know, he's the hunted now. So it's um but it's fun watching it. I I I'm I've become a big fan of the guy.
1: Yeah, he um <laughs> <laughs> silence. Like, what are we doing that. now? Yeah. Um one thing I, I he's kind of I mean Donny Schatz is struggling. Uh the the Ford is throwing him for a curve, the curve uh, the uh crew chief change the crew chief that they have had a, a, a severe medical condition. There's a lot of things going on with the SHOTS crew or the TSR motorsports team, and he's just not the factor that he used to be. And don't He's not even close to being washed up, so don't even go no, there. No. But um, Brad Sweet is kind of like... Um, maybe the face of the world of outlaws right now. He's he's the guy, and everybody's going to beat him every Saturday night or whatever they when they hit the track. So um, he's definitely the favorite, and they've got the team and the equipment and the car, and uh, and and Brad's it's it's fun to watch him go out there and do what he does. Yep. Well, I think we need the next guest. Yeah, so, uh, so. yeah,
0: speaking of the next guest, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be joined with Matthew Stelzer, the Pro Sprints track champion over at Knoxville Raceway.
2: The largest sprint car race in the country. The Race Saver Nationals, presented by Sunbelt Rentals, returns to Eagle Raceway over Labor Day weekend. Four days of non-stop sprint car action topped with Dr. Danger performing spectacular, heart-pumping, hair-singing stunts. Over 100 sprint cars from across the nation will attack Eagle Raceway for the Race Saver Nationals, presented by Sunbelt Rentals. Get your four-day passes for a limited time price of only $45. Visit eagleraceway.com for tickets and information. The Race Saver Nationals. Be there.
0: All right. Welcome back, race fans. We are joined now by the back to back 305 Pro Sprint uh, champion over at Knoxville Raceway, Matthew Stelter, the driver of the 99 car. Matt, how's it going today?
5: Good. Thanks for having me on, guys.
0: So, uh, before we get started, exactly what the hell is a Pro Sprint?
5: <laughs> <laughs> um, so, a Pro Sprint is basically a, it's an LS engine, it's a CT525. Um, it's got, supposedly it's got 533 horsepower and about 477 pounds of torque. Um, it has a car, it runs on a carburetor, which I know the typical sprint car guys are all fuel injection. So it's kind of gets, kind of get, looks get, or gets frowned upon based upon that. Um, but it's um, fairly reasonable for cost wise, in my opinion um and very low maintenance um there's not much that we can do to it um so everyone at knoxville raceway is on an even playing field when it comes to racing and um you know it all it's all based upon the driver and um their chassis changes they make so
1: so it's a sealed motor then
5: yes Yeah. Okay. there's um we can't do anything to it the only thing that we can really do is kind of play with the carburetor a little bit um in regards to um changing the uh the fuel the amount of fuel we give the carburetor so the jets
2: and, and i it run, i'm under the impression it, that uh it runs it's like the initial outlay is maybe more than a 305 on average but the longevity is much much longer
5: yes yeah, so um it runs on methanol um and also there is a restrictor plate um that is used in it to reduce the horsepower um, because when we were running, when Knoxville originally had the 305s there, which is different from the Saver 305, um, they were trying to get them within the same horsepower range. Um, and for a while, um, the old Knoxville 305s were able to compete with them, but over time, um, there's just more torque and the engine's lighter. And so, um, that just became the, you know, the standard, of the class at Knoxville and m- more so the, the cost um, behind it as well.
1: As a driver, do you notice much difference between the what used to be the 305s and what you're racing right now? Is there um, more horsepower or anything like that to where you can really notice a difference or is it pretty much just uh, the same type of thing?
5: Um, the biggest thing I noticed from it is um, to me, I feel like the old Knoxville 305 engines, we could spin the tires a lot harder. Um, so you had to use more of the throttle. Um, I think now the guys coming out of the, you know, the Outlaw Carts there at English Creek, um, the learning curve is less and that's where you've seen some of the guys pick up feature wins right away, um, versus like, um, Mike Mayberry and, um, who races at Knoxville Raceway and myself where we, it took us quite a few years of growing pains So we got a feature win at Knoxville. Um, there is, um, the one thing that I that also it kind of took a while for me to get used to is there is an an, inniction, an inniction, or sorry ignition box um, that has a rev limiter. So it, it hit, once it hits seventy one hundred RPM, it hits the chip, and you pretty much have no more horsepower. And so at times, if you don't gear the 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 car right the car right, it can kind of upset the um, the chassis a little bit. So okay. Um, so there's there's some little things that are different from your you know your, the old Knoxville three hundred five race, um, way engine versus what we're running now, but, um, yeah.
0: Now now you mentioned obviously you're you're the Knoxville Raceway uh, points champion again for the pro sprints, uh, but you're from Omaha. Your family's been racing in Nebraska for a long time. Uh, my understanding is that your grandpa helped build Cam Raceway over in in uh, Hastings, Nebraska. What made you choose to, you know, jump across the border, so to speak, and go race Knoxville versus, you know, running, getting a, th- a race day 305 and running equal here weekly and like the Sprint Series in Nebraska or anything like that?
5: So back in 2006, I'm going back a long time, um, I-80 Speedway had just started a 305 class. And at that time, it was an, a crate engine. Um, it was a swanky crate engine and we started we started that in 06 and we there was four or five cars and unfortunately it didn't take off and then the following year um i-80 still brought us back but the knoxville raceway decided to um have a quote-unquote 305 nationals um that raced with the during the same time as the late model nationals and they had some special shows that year as well so um my dad Um, decided that, you know, let's go race at Knoxville Raceway. So we built an engine that would run at Knoxville Raceway. And I guess the the rest is history there. Um, At that time here locally, uh, Eagle was still running the 360s. Um, We were kind of running 600 um, micro sprints here locally um, at um, Waverly. And we kind of just came to a realization what we wanted to do, whether we wanted to go sprint car racing, which would have been 360s. And at that time, our family didn't have the, the funding to for a 360 engine. Um, and so we decided to go, you know, the 305 route. And um, that's just kind of where we went. And we've been just supporting Knoxville Raceway ever since. Um, you know, I know Eagle Raceway started the 305 race saver program. Um, that's, that's a good program here locally. I think they've built the built a great class. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm racing at the Mecca of sprint car racing and that's Knoxville raceway. Um, they have the best safety or crew. Um, you know, they got the best banquet, and they have the KRCO, which takes care of all of its drivers by, provo- uh, by providing safety equipment at the end of the season. So um, we've just been really loyal to Knoxville Raceway, and um, over time they've treated the 305 or Pro Sprint class really well. So,
0: yeah, it's definitely definitely no matter what what uh, decision you chose, it's definitely a good decision. I mean, you're a multi-time feature winner at by far one of the most famed race tracks here in in the United States at Knoxville Raceway. You're back-to-back champion, so. Definitely, the choice you made was definitely a good one.
5: Yeah, um, you know the comp- the competition's strong there, um, and um, you know it's my name's in the history books there, which is really important to me. And um, you know that just with having dirt vision there, and you guys can see the races um, from your your co- your couch if you're sitting here in Nebraska, and it is, allows my sponsors to get their names out um, to more of a you know a, a nationwide or also worldwide presence so um, some of my sponsors have kind of some of the decision making with us racing at knoxville raceway as well so
1: well i i heard uh heard you uh, on another podcast and i want to say it's it was the dirt with uh I'm eric arnold and them how tell the story about how you guys come up or how you came up with the a the ninety nine and then B the the yellow ninety nine. I I, I, th- I think I heard that story on that podcast, but tell uh, tell it again if you would please.
5: Yeah, so um, my dad. Um, I got the ni- number ninety nine from my dad, who raced um, mini sprints, modified midgets, micro sprints, whatever you want to call them nowadays. Um, and then when he moved up to three sixties at Eagle Raceway, that's what he ran to number ninety nine. Um, when he was a child, um, Jan Opperman had set him on his lap and kind of had a little one-on-one discussion with him. And so that's kind of, he was, Jan was his hero. And so that's kind of where 99 comes from. And then I get 99 cause that was my dad's
1: number. Right.
5: And the, the color of our car, um, it's, you know, it's yellow, black with red, red numbers with a little white pinstripe. Um, and when we bought the, When we went sprint car racing we bought an engine from uh or a sprint or roller from chad nolte um at the time and it was yellow and blue and then when we decided to upgrade our equipment to a Maxim chassis in 07 um we had bought a a car from ryan roberts um that was yellow black and red okay and um You know, at that time, you know, decals and vinyl, they don't win you races. So we put the funding in, (laughs) we put the funding in other things. So we just kept it Ryan's color scheme, basically. And that's what we ran. And and for the longest time, we were just yellow, black, and red. And then, um, you know, I made, we made some changes in 2015 where we went to white and black and red. And then 2017, we were black. And I think 2016, we were all white. And, you know, we didn't have the success like we did with that yellow, black, and red. Um, and so back in last year in 2019, that's when we decided to go back to the old colors. And, um, I would expect that you will see those colors, um, for the, um, for the future. (laughs) So the
1: the down, go ahead. I'm sorry. sorry,
5: The downfall to those colors though, is, you know, we're racing in Iowa and it's Hawkeye country. So everyone thinks we're a big Hawkeye fan when truly we're not.
1: (laughs) Well, there's a little red in that car, so you're okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I, I got a question for you. Um, my dad's longtime friend, Mel Ernest, uh, he used to have a sprint car. Well, uh, they were actually called modifieds back then, but they were basically sprint cars. Um, he ran many races and won a ton of races with Dean Ward and and Kim McCarty. And apparently there was a friendship between your dad and, and my dad and, and Mel Ernest. And, and when Mel passed away a year or so ago... Uh, I go to his funeral and I sit down with my dad and all of a sudden I'm sitting across the table from your dad. And so I got to meet your dad and I forget who he was with. But do you have any idea how all that friendship uh, came about? Did did your dad help another car that raced around Grand Island and Hastings and Kearney every week or how, how do you know how that all developed out?
5: Yeah. So um, my grandpa owned a, um, a modified and I want to say the sixties and early seventies and Stan hack okay. drove the hmm. car. It was the number 21 or then they had 11 X. And, but I remember it as the 21 car, um, often referred as the rebel.
1: Okay. Yeah. Sure. Um,
5: and so Stan drove and then my grandpa helped, um, on the car And did all the painting and all that. And then um, Charles Hoffman was also a part of that. And so my dad grew up, you know, around the racetrack, you know, chase, you know, um, running with other kids and things like that. And that's probably how he met, you know, a majority of these type of families. So that's where kind of those relationships come from this, um, from the Hack family and then my grandpa.
1: Okay. That's pretty cool. I, those were the days. I lived in Wood River, Nebraska, and, and we went to Hastings on Friday night, Midcontinent on Saturday, and Kearney on Sunday. So it was uh, the longest yep. drive was twenty eight miles away, and man, that was that was heaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now let's go back to
0: the, your season a little bit. We mentioned you know numerous times that you're the track champion, but with this abbreviated season that we've had at Knoxville Raceway, I mean, obviously you had a good season, but what was your season like?
5: Um, you know, when, when I looked at the data, you know, we had no feature wins, so it's to me, I didn't feel like it was a successful season. Um, you know, I didn't feel like we were the car to beat every night. I think there were two other cars that I, that I, in my opinion, were definitely better than us. Um, and that'll push us to get even better next year. Um, but when I look at the data, um, you know, we didn't have the best draw pill every night and they would changed up the structure this year where, um, Based upon where you drew your pill was is, is where you would start your heat race, and your heat race was basically passing points to set up the feature versus the old format of qualifying and you make the top eight and that's the invert that type of setup. So um, each our average pill draw was the tenth worst car, and so that always put us in the back of the in the feature. Um, but you know we passed a lot of feet uh, passed a lot of cars this year. We were the season hard charger award second time I've done that now. And so that means we were moving to the front. Um, And I think uh, we had by far the best average feature finish um, with the worst starting um, position, you know, starting position. So I think, you know, we might not have got the feature wins, but we were consistent enough to win another championship. And in order to win championships, you need to finish races and just be consistent. And that's what we do. And um, that's what we've been doing the last um, three seasons. We haven't had a DNF, Um, We're finished outside of the top 10 since 2017. So.
0: Well, regardless of your results on the track, it it proved to be a championship season. So uh, congratulations on the the championship. Uh, I know your season cut, got cut short a little bit the past couple weeks with Knoxville deciding to cancel the rest of the season. Do you have any plans to go run anywhere or or are you kind of limited with that? uh, The pro sprint motor.
5: Um, So we're pretty much on a a one man Island, um, but we've, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but we've always been like that. And so, um, you know, right now, um, you know, I'm just kind of enjoying family time right now. And, um, and you know, our twenty one twenty twenty one 2021 season just started, uh, last Tuesday. So I'm already prepping cars for next year and getting ready for the, you know, uh, 2021, we, um, as of right now, we don't plan on to defend our championship. Um, there's just some other family activities that we have planned right now. And you know, I told my wife um, after that I won my second one, I would retire and you know do other things. Well, that didn't happen. And the
3: <laughs>
5: the competitiveness is still in me, and now I said no. I want number three now. You know, I want to be you know all time the most um, the driver with the most championships at Knoxville. And uh, and now um, Devin Klein has uh, actually sur um, has passed me and the feature wins. And so now he's given me another, he's given me another goal to try and get back on top on that. So, um, you know, I always have a lot of goals and, um, until I complete all those, I guess I'm going to keep racing and she's just going to have to live with it as much as she loves it or not. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
1: well, there's nothing wrong with a rain out every once in a while and then you can take her out on a date and and make it. <laughs> exact,
5: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> she knew
1: she was marrying a racer from the get go. So,
0: yeah, that's not her <laughs> yeah
5: <laughs> no she's uh she's very supportive of my racing and um she helps me a lot so i i, I want to be able to do what i do right now without her so
1: well it's, it's always fun to watch uh, uh you go over there in knoxville and represent nebraska i mean over the years we've had a few drivers go over there and and win championships and so forth so uh, it's always fun to watch I, I don't make it to knoxville and i don't think any of us make it to knoxville very often just because it's three and a half hours away, but it's always fun to sit back and watch you, uh, represent Nebraska and, and, and do a great job at doing it. So, uh, congratulations on your back to back champions and uh, good luck next year, I guess.
5: Uh, thank you. Thank you guys. Thanks for having me on.
1: No problem. Thanks a lot, Matt. We'll talk to you later.
5: Yep. Have a good one. All right. You too. Thank you.
0: All right, that was Matthew Stelzer with the uh, just kind of a little recap and some storytelling of his pro sprint uh, championship and kind of educating us what a pro sprint actually is. Yeah, and he has a
2: three oh five champion, so he's a three time champion. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely
0: can't go wrong with being a three time no, Knoxville raceway champion. So. And
2: that's his point. You know, he can say I'm a three time Knoxville raceway champion. There's only very few people that can say that.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean it just it's it's uh, I mean he he had to make the decision that was best for him and his family. I mean he could drive 30 miles to Eagle every Friday night mm-hmm. or Saturday night, but he chose choose to go to well, – that's bad bad English, but he chose to go over to We're,
0: we're in Nebraska sir, we don't we don't <laughs> know English very much.
1: But he's doing what's <laughs> best for him, so uh, props to him and his team and uh we should have let him drop some name of sponsors, but uh um it's good for him to to go over to Knoxville and win I guess three championships now.
2: Well, and it's one of those things, too, that he, you know, when you when you look, when you discuss, you know, you always, there's always that, well, why are you, why are you going over there? You know, we're, we're right here. Why are you going over there? But, you know, he explained it. And, and if you think about it, you know, it totally made a lot of sense. sense. There's a lot of difference. For sure. Especially at that time, I you mean, know, he, he when was 360s in the, were yeah. running. Yeah, he was in that, total that transition
0: period of between Eagle running at 360s and switching over 305s, I-80 trying out that 305 class, mm-hmm. you know, a few years beforehand. So, I mean, once you invest that money, it's hard to be like, oh, well, screw this. We're going to go sell everything and go try something different. And, and
1: Knoxville's 305 was not legal at Eagle. So uh, it was it was on a, another um, one-man island. I mean, yeah. when he chose to invest in however many thousands of dollars into that Knoxville 305, uh, that's where he was at. Uh, he, he couldn't take that that motor to Eagle or the Sprint Series of Nebraska or anything because they were completely different 305s.
2: And you know you uh, sometimes i have um you know issue i don't say issue it's more like with knoxville you've go okay well they do this and they do that and they're their own own thing but it is knoxville i mean it is the mecca of sprint car racing so i get it but um I'd, i'd love to see him come over you know maybe i'd love to see somebody you know maybe if he was willing to hop in somebody's ride or something like that and give it a go for something like the Race Saver Nationals or something along those lines. I think it would be just a hoot to see uh, a track champion come in there and, you know,
0: give see a what, chance yeah. somewhere else. Oh, for see sure. what they got against the uh, Race Saver boys. Yep. Well, with that said, boys, I need a refill, and we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to be jumped back in with tonight's feature guest, Jason Martin, the defending Race Saver Nationals, and these kids need to shut the hell
1: up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll take a
0: quick break, and we'll be right back, boys.
1: Shit, every... Friday night Hastings, Saturday mm-hmm. night mid continent, Sunday Carney. I remember I I
0: remember hitting a few in Red Cloud too.
1: Oh yeah, we we were there.
0: So mid continent, man, I remember taking my little matchbox car, sitting down, <laughs> playing <in> the dirt. <laughs> Getting beer nuts because I thought they were beer. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then the one thing I remember is I was always a big Doug Stangy fan. That silver bullet. Yeah. I, uh, now he's a fucking asshole for what he did in the fucking yeah. place. Yeah. But I was always a big fan. But one thing I always remember is uh, there's one night, I don't know who wrecked, but he comes off turn four and just fucking just slams in the wall, right? And the hood and fender pieces come flying up over the catch fence. Okay. No and I'm there with my aunt. And she's like, "Oh my God, save me!" She covers me up. I'm like, "Dude, what are you gonna do? That's it's gonna hit you." <laughs> I mean, we're
2: fucked either way. But. Oh, I was I was a big late model fan then, Dude, Let's Yeah. See. And King then Tucker was my man. I was Clayton Pierce. Kyle Burke. Oh
0: yeah, Kyle Burke was my man because I I first started when, I mean, I've been there before, but before I could like you know remember, but hell, but I remember being there and everybody talking about this you know 16, 17 year old kid Kyle mm-hmm. Burke coming in. Oh, he's a late model driver. He's moving up with the big boys he is always my guy. Now, you know, at the time, MidCon had
2: had elite model nationals. And it, yeah. it was the fucking show.
0: And I might keep this in, by the way.
2: Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and it was the show. I mean, there Charlie Swartz. The, I mean, yeah. there were serious contenders at that thing.
1: The last World of Outlaw race at MidCon raceway, Tim Kaden got left in the cornfield.
0: I've never seen an outlaw was, race there. I've seen was, the All Stars, I believe,
1: and pretty sure it was Tim Kading. It was the Wright Construction number thirty-five. Tim Green, no, no, that this Tim was. K- oh, no, you're right. This would have been
0: he the Jonathan Aller days, and right, he got, he got okay. fired. He got oh, fired. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't think
2: it was even before that. Okay, before, yeah, right was, okay. Construction. Uh, I'm, I'm it thinking, was the right. Thing. I'm thinking Jensen Construction. They did.
1: They had right. a bad day. <laughs> the back. the crew chief pulled its seat and threw it out on the ground and, and left. And so Tim is right there in, in midconic <laughs> Raceway, going like, "How the fuck do I get anywhere from here? Oh, <laughs> I'm in the I'm middle of sure ball fuck was, Nebraska, I'm and sure. I need to get back to California literally. in the middle of
0: all right, well, that was a little different kind of rant. Uh, you know, a little late ah, model talk, a little. A little uh, oh, you were recording? That? Yeah, we're still recording, <laughs> oh, so. Shit. Uh, we'll keep it in. What the hell? You know, people like this shit, so. All right. Like I said, we'll be right back with uh, Jason Martin. <laughs> oh, wow. Hot mic incident. Yeah,
1: you damn right. I got what happened out there. I'm fine. I just yeah. had to deal with my asshole
0: uh, teammates, yeah. Steve Kemp. Uh- wasn't happy with me for crowd
2: Pisser, piece of
6: shit all that stupid ass clown they got a dumb
0: ass that can't see all right welcome back everybody we are joined now by tonight's feature guest the two time and defending race Saber 305 national champion jason martin jason how's it going man
6: it's going great how about
0: you oh i can't complain we're we're out here at uh, the i b brewing factory drinking some cold beers right now so uh, you're rolling into eagle raceway i i don't think i've don't seen think- you add Eagle much this year at all? But uh, how's your season been so far?
6: Uh, obviously, everybody's limited on their races that they've been able to run. We we started off the year pretty strong before the COVID deal really struck, and went to Oklahoma and won right off the bat, and then uh, got rained out at Devil's Bowl. And I think we've only ran like twelve races since. It's been pretty thin. We should be about forty-five or so, but we're we've had really good runs. We've had. I don't even know the win, four or five wins, um, a lot of seconds of those 12. So, I mean, our batting average is pretty good, and I feel like we've been pretty good everywhere we go.
0: Yeah, definitely. So we're going to be rolling rolling into Eagle Raceway this weekend for the Race Saber 305 Nationals. You're the defending champion. What's it going to uh, take to uh, knock off, uh, you know, win number three at that race?
6: Just the same thing that we've done in the years past. I mean, I feel like, we have a really good program. Our engine program is really good. Shocks are really good. I think we got a really good setup for that track. mean, uh, that's kind of one of the reasons we don't go there a lot during the year. I feel like you kind of get a, I don't know if it's just an idea, or but you get You kind of think what, what the racetrack's going to do, and it's not the same at the Nationals. It's, it's never the same. So um, I feel like we kind of go in there with a clean slate of paper clean slate of paper and you don't really have an idea or a thought or try to figure out what's going to happen with the track so i don't know i feel like everything is looking pretty good and we're excited
0: now you're you're are you running your normal uh 5x car or i kind of saw something on the pre-entry list that you may be in craig bull's car is that just kind of your equipment with his number or what's the deal with that yeah.
6: So I've drove for Craig quite a few times. He helped me out a couple of years ago and gave me a race car to drive. And, um, a lot of people don't really, uh, can't get along with him or they say that he's not a good you know, car owner or whatever, but I really love the guy. He's, he's always done everything that he's ever said he's going to do. And, uh, just lets me take everything and go and maintain it, do everything I want to do. do let me do it my way. He just kind of wants to go and, and, um, go to the races with the, a competitive driver that's capable of winning and just go have fun and not have to worry about it so he called me oh here a while back and we talked about it and uh, i said yeah i think it's something that we can we can put together so it's a car that i've ran a couple of years ago with the 360 so i'm not concerned with the race car it, it works really really well uh, we just finished everything up tonight actually and it's it's super light put it on the scales everything's everything's looking really good so it's actually about 50 pounds lighter than my car so i'm kind of excited about that
0: <laughs> i'm gonna assume this is the same uh same car you probably knocked off that uh that wingless feature win at eagle raceway a couple years ago
6: yeah we won the we won a wing 360 race at i80 with it and then um uh, went and took the wings off and ran non-wing and won with it at eagle so um it'd be really cool if we could run a race saver non-wing race out there with this car i think would be the one to beat too so um but yeah no the car the car works good greg's an awesome guy and um, we get along really well and i'm looking forward to
2: it jason you know i was going to ask a question about the uh the three wide 27 car a feature is what's it like starting in that thing is it i've always kind of envisioned it as you know when we first uh got out there we thought oh my god this is just gonna be a disaster but i've Mm -hmm. kind of you know but now it it seems like um everybody seems to make their way around is it kind of like a you know it yeah it's 30 laps but it's really 29 while everybody gets sorted out and nobody tries too hard or what's it like starting in that it's it's very different
6: i'm very fortunate that we've been lucky enough to start on the front row every year we've we've gotten taken out or gotten in the crash on the first lap and Had to go to the back a couple of years, but um, I've been fortunate to start in the front row, so it's not near as scary as what I would think starting in the third, fourth, fifth row. I mean, that would be, yeah, I'm sure they're running half throttle, you know, for a good half before <laughs> the lap. You know, for for like myself and I know like Jake and and uh, Caleb Johnson started up front on the front row with me last year. I feel like we we were going falls out from the word go being from the front row. But I don't I don't think that'd be the case if you're starting back there. But there's a lot of respect. Um, like you say, I, I do feel like those guys in the back are probably pedaling it and being very respectful and not trying to get crossed up or whatever. And I think one of the things that's a benefit for that three-wide deal is Roger always goes out and works the racetrack before uh, the race, and it's bottom to top. So everybody's got a pretty even lane, so you can kind of run three wide and nobody really loses any ground. So you kind of get spread out a little bit and then get to racing hard.
0: I can only imagine being the guy, you know, in the middle row, you know, five rows back and going on turn one. That definitely be a butthole pucker moment for yourself.
6: Yeah, the, we were talking about the other night. If you're – say you're running fifth on your qualifying night or you're running – ninth or 8th you you're you're starting like in the middle of the field uh, even if you had to come through your saturday show and, and run fourth or fifth you're you're in the middle of the chaos so i mean that's it is what it is and i think last year was the first year that we really only had a major problem um on the first lap I and mean, it wasn't even that big of a deal but so i think it's pretty cool it gives some excitement for the fans and they go through the opening ceremonies and that's always pretty fun hopefully this year with the covid whatever you want to call it that um they still get to do the opening ceremonies because that's a that's a pretty big part of the show shutting the lights off and fans getting to interview the drivers and so on
0: yeah one thing roger's always done is he's definitely made this more of an an, an event instead of just another saturday night race so you, man, you yeah. mentioned the uh, the the uh, intros, you know the big fireworks explosions, you know that's always a crowd favorite there. So it's definitely yep. a good time, and you know after race parties, you know bands and all that sort of stuff. So you gotta go to the tiki bar. Yeah, you can't, <laughs> you can't go wrong getting some of the eagle melons.
1: Is that kind of like the dingus of Eagle Raceway? Is the tiki bar without the COVID? <laughs> without the COVID? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't, I don't
6: know. I've spent a whole lot of time in dingus, to be honest. But um, the tiki bar's always been a kind of a favorite
1: spot of my wife's anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hey, like they say happy wife happy life so that's yeah, mm-hmm. that's good yeah. so um you know jason what's it um you know it is it's a
2: tough road to hoe there and i know you've been on the front row and you've had you know good success there what's it ta- you know they're only taking usually the heat race winner is about the only one that makes feature and then you guys start kind of working the way yeah. up
6: that's how the challenging part. Yeah, though.
2: how tough is that? I mean, that, that is quite an accomplishment to get, you know, like I said, getting on the front row, winning that thing. Is it, you know, say, is, is the work as hard as it looks like it is?
6: You know, I think it is. It goes down to where you draw. I mean, it's, uh, we've gone from the back of our heat race in the past, and it's, it doesn't concern me too much other than the fact that you might get I'm just going to say a, maybe a John Carney or a Jack Dover or Jake Buback or Grossenbacher, or a Druke, one of the, you know, a really competitive guy. You're going to, I'm just knowing my luck. I'm going to drop 10th in a hit race where Tyler Drukey starting on the pole. Well, then I'm, <laughs> I'm going to run second. You know what I mean? So there you're in the B main already. Or if you run third, you're in the C. So you got to really, really race your way through. When it gets down to racing, I don't have a problem with passing cars and it doesn't concern me a lot um the good thing is is there is a hundred cars so you know there's there's a lot of cars that are really fast and there's a lot of cars that are average and you can get by them fairly easily and just as long as you stay out of the way so um you can you can move forward pretty well it's just a it's a challenge uh, staying out of trouble eagles it's one badass racetrack for a reason so there's there's uh there's lots of carnage sometimes and there's lots of nice smooth racing, so you never know you just gotta stay out of trouble.
0: Yeah, definitely. So is you're definitely gonna be one of the favorites rolling in the Eagle Raceway um, this weekend for the the Nationals. Uh one thing we would like to do on the on the podcast here is, is tell stories. Um you definitely been around for a while. Uh you raced three sixties, ASCS, you know, World Outlaw four tens. Uh, Now you're in the 305 class here at Eagle Raceway and, you know, still racing 360s with the Nebraska 360 sprints. But one thing you don't have to tell the story if you don't want to by any means. Uh, You told it to me, you know, the, uh, I guess earlier this year, last year, you know, when I was dropping awesome photos, but uh, you were one of the guys who first had NOS on your car Mm -hmm. as a sponsorship. How did that, how did that come about? And, you know, now that you see what they're doing with the, you know, NOS energy drink world outlaws, uh, they're the title sponsor of the, uh, the USAC deal kind of, how did that come apart? And, and, you know, basically kind of tell that story, I guess.
6: Yeah. So we kind of, uh, whenever I went to go run the, the outlaw tour in 2006, we decided that, you know, obviously we weren't going to be able to do it all on our own financially. We, we really re- needed to find somebody to help fund the deal. And with the, the TV coverage and everything that they had, it wasn't, it wasn't easy to get sponsorship but we we got lucky and we hired a guy that was a marketing guy and he he just started focusing on energy drinks and that was his that was his forte he knew a lot of people in that world so he he met the people that owned um it was a private company at the time it wasn't even i don't even know who owns it now but i know that they ended up getting bought out by coca-cola but they um it was just a group of people and and they were from new jersey and really young Um, they were like uh, import tuner kind of guys they did a lot of drifting and stuff like that so that's why it kind of first went to the the import tuner world Um, and then obviously broke into the open wheel stuff but yeah they they were a really good sponsor really cool young guys and we all got along really well and went really smooth for a year and everybody was happy and then obviously whenever companies get to where they're growing then they end up either selling out i don't really know what the story was but they sold out to coca-cola and we were supposed to be putting together a a really lucrative deal for the next year we had a special paint scheme going for the knoxville nationals and everything was going to be you know it was going to be a blue car like what you would see on sheldon's car now or courtney's stuff is going to be just now splattered everywhere and they called me and said, "Hey, we got a problem. We just got bought out by Coca-Cola, and they already have a sprint car driver listed in there, you know, being associated with their partnership." Well, so they didn't want to do any more. I'm like, "Well, that's not cool." But <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You, you can't do nothing about it. I don't know if it wasn't the results that they were getting. I don't. I don't know. But from what we were being told, everything was going good. But um today it's kind of it's kind of funny because they're they're everywhere it's the chili bowl it's the knoxville nationals it's it's on everybody's big name car and i still have a driving suit hanging over here in my shop that has moss all over so it it's pretty cool to know that you were a part of something whenever they came out and they were little um i still actually i have those guys that own the company on facebook and we shoot messages once in a while it's pretty cool and they they like to reminisce about the times whenever they had this little company and
0: made it big so <laughs> yeah definitely I mean for me you know you know watching watching your, your career and whatnot you've always kind of had the sponsorship uh, like with nas and you know that kind of went on to do bigger and i you know kind of bigger better things you know title sponsorships I mean you had nas you had um, the i eyewear and kind of yeah. they' they're, they're kind of everywhere right now too so you're, you're kind of the guy yeah. that kind of kicked off their uh, their old marketing program with the uh, open-wheel stuff. <laughs> yeah,
6: there uh, there was quite a few stepping stones along the way for everybody, for sure.
1: Well, about a year or so ago, my wife wanted to go running along the uh, Jamaican Trail uh, in South Lincoln. And so we take off running, and I come across this, this stockpile of... I don't know if I want to call it junk, but a junk. And I noticed there's some wings there, there's some chassis. Mm-hmm. I come to figure out that it's your race shop. And so, if you ever see some guy just am scrounging around in your junk pile on the back there, don't don't be too alarmed. It's just me. But uh, I love just looking around and seeing what uh, what you have in the back there, and some tires, some bent up wings, and some bent <laughs> chassis. And uh, it, it's just me looking and seeing what I could what I could figure out and piece together for myself. <laughs> yeah.
6: Well, unfortunately, my wife and I bought an acreage outside of town, so we've got a, our own race shop now at our house. So that scrap pile is all cleaned up and took to the recycle bin. But, yeah, there was there was a few wings sticking out there and tires. Everybody, All the racetracks are starting to not let you leave your burned-up tires, so you end up taking them to the shop and leaving them and then have to figure out what to do with them. So, yeah, stuff piles up. Doesn't take long.
1: Well, that tells you how often I run because the last time I ran that, uh, there was all that stuff still there. So,
0: <laughs> you know, you know, those burn up tires make for great for a uh, bonfire fire pits. So that
6: they'll, they'll burn forever. So you're saying next time I need to drop some off, I need to come to your house. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, we'll
1: have a weenie roast. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Uh, might have some tire compound in it, though, but uh, whatever. Hey, hey, Jason's not <laughs> That's a cheater. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, well, Jason, I want to wanna join you for. Uh, thank you for joining us on the podcast tonight. Uh, good luck this weekend. We'll see you at the track on uh, Thursday, Friday.
6: All right, sounds good. I appreciate it, guys. Good luck to you. Thank you, Jason.
0: All right, thanks All right. a lot, Jason. All right, that was Jason Martin. You're defending and two-time 305 Race Saber National Champion. Uh, sounds like he's, you know – He's had a pretty good year so far with the COVID deal, you know, he not getting not getting to race as much as he wanted to, but still, you know, knocking off wins has a good program going. So uh, he's definitely going to be a contender this weekend.
1: He seemed pretty confident to me. He didn't seem like he was nervous. Yeah, he just pretty relaxed, and he's got all of his ducks in a row. So I guess he's just waiting for uh, the race mm-hmm. to start, green flag to drop. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: you know, and yeah, and I guess my thing is when we were making those picks, it was like I think the Jason Martin pick was almost too easy. You know, I mean that's how
0: competitive and that's how strong he
2: is out there in that 305 class so. we all
0: knew a girl in high school that was just too easy to, to pick up like <laughs> jason martin would be right now yeah, <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> yeah like i said he's definitely going to be a favorite so we're going to take Absolutely. a quick we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with our final thoughts and uh, kind of recap what our week's going to be ahead
2: it's time for thunder relived We dig deep into the USAC vault to relive the heroes of Thunder from yesteryear. Relive all the thrills, spills, and greatest moments from USAC's sprint, midget, and silver crown history with a roundtable, in-depth discussion from USAC's key figures, past and present. Watch Thunder Relived every Thursday and Saturday night at 8 p.m. Eastern on Flow Racing. Yeah. (laughs) Joe Boo needs a
0: refill. Hey, bartender. Joe Boo needs a refill. (laughs) (laughs) It's very bad to steal Joe Boo's rum.
1: (laughs) Very bad. (laughs) One of my favorite movies. I don't know what that's about, but I think it's kind of funny. Major League. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Every time I see it, like, every time, like, the stars' roster gets announced, I kind of look at it, like, I'll text Jason and and, uh, Tim, you know, uh, hockey guys here and be like, who are these fucking guys. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> look at this fucking guy. <laughs> all right, welcome back, race fans. We are going to wrap up the program here. Uh, it's definitely been an exciting one. A lot of uh, bullshit's been being talked. Uh, but, guys, what's your plans for this weekend? I know where I'm going to be. Where are you guys going to be? Well,
2: I am going to uh, be at Eagle Raceway uh, all three nights. Or three nights, I guess. There's four, but I'll be there for Friday, Saturday, Sunday of the uh, Race Saver Nationals.
1: Fucking rights. I'd be boating and I'd be camping. We're going out to Branch Stoke for the weekend and uh, I'm meeting up with the in-laws and hanging out. But uh, yeah, I might be able to talk to my father-in-law to head out to Eagle for one night. But uh, we'll we'll see. Uh, Got to move my daughter out of my house into her own apartment. Thank God. And uh, <laughs> and uh, love you, Kaylee. <laughs> get, get that move on Saturday. But dog. other than that, I, I don't honestly. <laughs> I'll probably dial up Houston's on Dirt Vision, but that's about all the racing I'm going to get.
0: Well, you know, Eagle Raceway is going to have their live pay-per-view, so if you want to catch all the action out at Eagle Raceway, they are going to have the pay-per-view broadcast. But um, like I said, you can't go wrong with Dirt Vision. can't go wrong with Flow. There's definitely a lot of options on
1: for uh, for the guys who are uh, camping and uh, you know hitting lake well, this weekend. There's nothing else going on, on Sunday night, so you might as well dial in the Eagle Nationals.
2: You know, the saddest thing is I've actually been – fulfilling all my racing needs for through Dervision or Flow or those kind of things, you know, the pay per views. Cause, you know, like we've talked about so many times, just you show up, you got your uh got your own beer, you got your own no line to the bathroom and you're done. You know, you don't have to drive home and get all dirty and that, but you know yeah. you fun be out, out. You know,
0: track. I was I was at I eighty for the outlaw show, but uh, you know, Monday night I got home from work and I, I pulled up the old dirt vision replay and my wife's like this one last night i'm like yeah she's like weren't you there i go yeah but i saw one corner yeah <laughs> yeah like you know the guys watching the stuff on dirt vision they're definitely going to see see the race whereas you know i'm not in the stands so i don't see the race you know jason and brad book can contend yeah, to this we see sure. one car two cars at a time in one corner
1: that's what i always thought about being a photographer a racing photographer is it was cool as hell it was fun but you didn't see anything. You, you saw your one corner that you were shooting photos at, and that was only through one eye at, at one car at a time. So you missed so much of the races, and so I don't miss that part. I, I had a great time doing it, but I am much happier sitting in the stands, just relaxing, having a Bud Light, and watching the races.
2: That was the thing, too, about being at Knoxville. And when you would go in Knoxville, and you, we were racing weekly, you would be, you'd be sitting there, and you'd be yeah. And you just wait, wait, wait. And then you hear them come back 15 around. seconds later. Wow. Yeah. And then here they come, you know, and you're trying to watch your car. You're trying to do that. The greatest thing about the nationals was when they had you unload the trailers so you could see the whole You could see sure. the whole
0: track. Yep. And that's one thing I like about like the short tracks, like Eagle Raceway is perfect for us in the infield. We can see everything. Yeah. So, I mean, you follow your car or whatever photo you, you think you're going to shoot and, you know, you, you'll watch a guy or whatever going to the corner and you're like okay you know he yes. hit that rut this time is he going to hit it again so yeah, you follow as, that guy as the not. feature's
2: going you're kind of you can turn around and look and kind of yeah, see what's you, developing you, you know
0: you'll you'll shoot your guys going to the corner then you can actually watch him go around you know turns three or four wherever whatever corner you're in you actually get to see everything and uh, like big tracks like i80 when i was at williams grove this past uh, couple years ago they had the trucks and everything in the infield you can see you can see anything so i mean yeah, it's cool that we get to be down in there. We're close to the action, like we mentioned earlier at i eighty. We're, we're right against the guardrail, and we yeah. can f- we feel the rush and everything. But you don't see everything, right? No, I, I miss, and that is the thing I do like about the dirt vision. And that is
2: seeing the whole race, and it's been it's been a neat perspective. I I mean, really, I haven't when I've gone to a race. I have I've only sat in stands like two or three times in the past twenty years. You know, I have to take my family. Otherwise, I'm either in the pits or generally in the infield.
0: Yeah, um, and, and, you know, I'll, I'll sit in the stands. Like I said, you know, you mentioned taking the family out, and I'll, ta- I'll take Jordan out every now and then. Obviously, with the, the current situation we're in right now, the kids are staying home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But when I'm sitting in the stands, yeah, it's, it's great to sit back, you know, have a beer. You can bench race with all your friends. But at the same time, I'm looking at the infield, and I'm like, shit, I could have had that shot. Yeah. Right, you know? Damn, that, that I, was cool. I, I, it would have been great to get that photo. yourself
2: lining that stuff up while they're coming around the track. Yeah. It's like,
0: now, shoot, yep. now, yep. now.
1: That shot that you can't sell. <laughs> yeah.
0: That, that I can't sell. But, Among many know, other
1: things, that's why I got it. Out of I still,
0: it. you know, let's be honest, if I get it, it'll probably be blurry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's why they have Photoshop. I just realized that we're 10 days away from the Parker Memorial and uh, the Fall Brawl at uh, I80 Speedway. So um the two, 11th and 12th they're gonna have a two-day show there and i know the 12th last time i knew there were three years of lap money pulled together to pay off and and i i i, I think alan DeHay was gonna do something different they were gonna pay first second and third for the whole feature but i think that they're changing things up a little bit and they're gonna pay lap money but they're gonna also pay like hard luck award and stuff because it ended up the lap money was going to be worth more than the actual winner share. So um, it's interesting to see how, what happens there. But, yeah, on 11th and 12th at I-80 Speedway, they're going to have a two-day 360 sprint car race there. So I hope, I hope I can make those and go stand in the corner and watch the races and leave all by myself.
0: Well, you can come. Definitely, if you want, you can come hang out with me. I'm in the corner by myself, you know.
1: Well, we just covered that. We're gonna I'd only see like turn three. I wanna see the whole race. But at the same time you're
0: still <laughs> at the racetrack. Anyways, you know sure. you know, you mentioned I 80 race or ID Speedway, I guess it is. Um they definitely picked up a big late model race coming up with the three day yeah, speaking
2: The late models, three day show seventeenth, eighteenth, and nineteenth with the Lucas Oil late models. 7000 to win each night, and the Saturday night finale pays 30000 So you're going to have the best of the best late-model wow.
0: drivers. Yeah, out. I mean, you know, with the cancellation of the Knoxville late-model nationals, uh, Joe Kosinski, I mean, what, what can we say about these guys? They, they definitely pick up. They, you know, they see an opportunity. They jump on it. Another big race for the Kosinski family. I mean, you know, the Silver Dollar Nationals was a great event for them. Uh, the Outlaws there last weekend, another great event for him. So, I mean... They're definitely, I, I, they're definitely hitting home run right now.
1: Watching Twitter, there were so many people tweeting about how awesome I eighty Speedway looked, and there was a guy in Pennsylvania that said that Cappy he, Cappy he can't wait to get to I eighty Speedway because he thought it was so cool. And and we're blessed to have Eagle Raceway and I eighty Speedway in our own backyards, and and uh, uh, we're just, we're just so fortunate and so to. That was a great showcase for the for I-80 Speedway and and this is going to be another one when the late models show up and on national TV on Lucas Oil TV I su- assume will Claude Larson be there?
0: No, <laughs> you, you don't think so? I, I think you know maybe there there might be a chance. I mean he's already knocked off that late model feature victory. Uh, oh God, who who's the Steady guy? That, Grand
2: might be enough pullman.
0: Yeah, who's the guy that run for Rummel or uh, uh, who's that late model owner? I we're not man. obviously we're. We're not late model guys, but I know they were entered into the uh, the Knoxville Late Model Nationals. That car was, so I mean, fuck, who knows?
1: Yeah, it'll all depend on what Kyle has on his on his agenda to what race he's planning on going to. So,
2: you know what we need is a more beer. Well, well, no, we don't, but we're going to get (laughs) some. We're going to get some for sure. You know what we would? What would just be? You know, okay, this is it's the it's not my money thing. Oh yeah. It's is easy to spend it when it's not outlaws yours. outlaws at Eagle and I-80, a one-two. I mean, to have that kind of event and to get something big time on
0: that. You know, speaking of that, you mentioned the outlaws at Eagle, I-80. It's not my money. Trey Gropp. he brought the midget out on uh, Saturday night at Eagle Raceway. I guess uh, their Power I race got rained out, and uh, he called Roger up. He's like, hey, you know, we're, we're going to go over to Valley and Speedway and, and, you know, hot lap the midget and run run whatever class they're running out there. We'd rather race at Eagle, but can we hot lap our midget and try to get some shit figured out? Well, Roger says yes. Trey goes out there, runs—you know—just a hot lap session in this midget. The crowd goes nuts. I mean, it—it it was an audible applause from the crowd of Trey just hot lapping a midget. Midgets at a Eagle Raceway always been badass. It would be badass again to have him out there.
2: It's been one of the. It was one of the best shows. They ever had for sure, and it was the drivers loved it. The it was just a great show to watch out there, and I really miss. And if you look at the history of the midget show at Eagle, I mean Jeff Gordon, Jason Leffler, I mean some of the best drivers ever to come out of that series have that you know have that crown under the belts, and I I, I'd love to see it back. I know some of the other midget shows have been.
0: The, 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 last the last one few very was good. very lackluster. Yeah, yeah. but,
2: but I would love... I, and again, let's tie it again. I'd love to see like Fairbury Eagle.
0: Oh, yeah. You know, definitely. I think that'd be a great deal. Yeah. I would love to see like a Fairbury uh, Beatrice Eagle. You know, something like that with the midgets. Beatrice would be fun with the midgets. It'd be sweet. Yeah.
1: Brad's quiet over here. So if you win the lottery, put it together. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, definitely. If I won the lottery, you know, I'd be blowing that money left and right. <laughs> I mean... I've already bought what money a little money I have left and right as it is. So
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it's I mean, we're we're fortunate yet yeah, we're not fortunate in the fact that living in Nebraska, we have a great 305 series, we have a, a decent 360 series when especially when South Dakota works with us and puts together a show. Um we have a non-existent 410 series. So um but however, Sunday's race at uh, I-80 with the 410s I had what 36 cars. That something was, like that, 35-ish, that was, yeah. something like that. That was a great night of racing, and, and so we can put it on, and we the fans really prove that we can support it. So um, hopefully we'll get to see it all again here uh, sometime in 2021.
0: Yeah, and with that being said, we want to thank every everybody for joining us on Quick Time the Podcast with this edition. Uh, thanks for joining us. We'll catch everybody at the racetrack, and we'll see everybody on the flip side. Thank you, everybody. <laughs>